0: What up, everybody? Just a little reminder that the Saint Dimness Playbook book is available wherever you get your books and eBooks. You can head on over to Ave Maria Press's website and use the code "Be Well" all one word to get twenty percent off. Go get your copy now. St. Therese of Lisieux once said, I know now that true charity consists in bearing all our neighbor's defects, not being surprised by their weakness, but edified at the smallest virtues. Welcome to the 126th episode of St. Dymphna's Playbook, the SDP, if you want to be cool, a production of the Grexley Podcast Network. My name is Tommy. I'm a cradle Catholic, a marriage and family therapist, a husband and father of five boys, four on earth, one in heaven. I love you, Luke, and I'm here to fill the void of Catholic conversations about mental health because I want us all to remember the importance of walking alongside our neighbors with all their defects to be present to them in their suffering. That is the love God is calling us to give. We like to kick it off around here with a quick refresh of our notifications. It's time for St. Dymphna's Mentions. We've all heard that getting out in nature can improve our mental health. Heck, I've recommended it on the podcast, and many of us have seen the benefits in our own life. But is the actual research on this coping skill for our mental health biased? We'll go to The Guardian for some thoughts. Spending time in the great outdoors is good for your mental health according to a growing body of research. For example, getting out and about in forests and parks has been shown to increase happiness and alleviate symptoms of depression and anxiety. But are the benefits universal? Carlos Gallegos Riofro and colleagues at the University of Vermont examined 174 peer-reviewed studies from the last decade and found more than 95% of research was conducted in high-income Western nations of the U.S., Europe, and East Asia. Only only 4% of studies looked at nations of medium income, such as India, and no low-income countries were featured in the studies. Only one study took place in Africa and one in South America. Of the participants who, whose ethnicity was known most were white. Rachel Gould, a researcher at the University of Vermont 's Rubenstein School of the Environment and Natural Resources, said there's nothing necessarily wrong with the existing findings. Those findings are important, but we have reason to believe they may not apply to the entire population in order to allow this to work uh, in order to allow this work to influence sustainability." action and move us towards sustainability, we need to know which of these effects are universal and which are culturally specific. So back to me. I bring up this topic because I want us all to remember to pay attention whenever we hear about research that is trying to be generalized to apply to everyone. It's always vital to look into who the researchers actually worked with so that we can best interpret the results, and to stand up for research that looks into the experience of as many people from as many backgrounds as possible in order to reflect the reality of the world rather than just taking a small sample and expanding it as if it were the same for everyone. While it might end up being true that the same coping skill might work for everyone, we really shouldn't be making that assumption without the proper research. So each episode, I'm going to introduce you to a saint who can help us along our journey with uh, mental health and wellness as Catholics. It's called Friend Request. And today I'm going to introduce to you St. Leopold Mandic. Born in 1866 in the Austrian Empire, Leo was the 12th child of parents who owned an Adriatic fishing fleet, and the family lived in an area with a strong presence from the Capuchin friars. According to Wikipedia, physically malformed and delicate, he grew to a height of only 4 foot 5 inches with a clumsy walk, and he also had a stutter. Back to me. He felt called to the life of the friars he knew so well and entered the seminary at the age of 16. He would go on to take perpetual vows in 1888, and guess what, he humbly accepted the role of the porter, that saint-making machine of a job, and grew in holiness as a confessor and teacher in addition to his duties at the front door. He died from cancer of the esophagus at the age of 75. Leo's life was one with many obstacles that made things difficult for him, and now he stands before the throne of God, ready to intercede for any of us who also have a difficult path forward. We like to close out this part of the podcast with a prayer, God, Almighty Father, you made St. Leopold a rich source of your grace for all who had recourse to him through his intercession may we live our lives in love relying on entirely on your will and strong in the hope of your promises amen and now you can't do therapy over twitter but i'm happy to take your tweets and help you explore a bit in the hopes of finding a light in the darkness it's time for twitter therapy gets us started how do you know when to accept limitations caused by your mental illness versus seeing it as a symptom that still needs to be resolved well let's start by praying for katie and everyone else exploring these types of questions in relations to their own mental health experience our father who art in heaven Well, thank you so much for this question, Katie. It's an important one to consider as we try to move toward wellness. We have to know what wellness means for us, right? It's different for every person. However, we also have to balance that with the reality that there is always hope, always a way for us to move forward, and to keep that in mind as we walk alongside friends, family, and helping professionals. Let's have a look at this personal reflection from HealthyPlace.com to get started. "...limitations in mental health recovery are real, but lately I've been doing everything in my power to ignore my increasingly obvious limitations. I just don't want to be mentally ill anymore. I want it to go away so I can read and write and be a good wife and mother without a Herculean effort." Even though I've been in recovery for years now, part of me still believes that if I just ignore my limitations, I'll be able to just breeze past them. Every time, this leads to a complete meltdown that forces me to honor my limitations. So you'd think I would know better by now, but here I am again in meltdown mode. The first step to avoiding meltdown mode is recognizing what my limitations are and why they exist. Lately, I've been tired. I've been so, so tired. It's hard to keep myself motivated to do my work for my job, let alone all the other things I want to do in life, like cook and clean and go for walks, play music, read, and so on. I just want to sleep for hours. And when I don't, my mind goes to a very dark place. The world looks hopeless and pointless, and my life seems to have no meaning at all. My increased need for sleep is a very real limitation for me right now, and when I ignore it, there are serious consequences. This has happened to me over and over and over again. It's partially my fault because I go through cycles of ignoring my limitations and then limiting myself way too much, which leads to me to ignore my limitations and so on. But there's another factor that has made this cycle worse for me toxic positivity. Toxic positivity is positivity that doesn't recognize the reality of our human struggles. It would say that the only limitations are the ones you place upon yourself. I really hate that mindset, but it's so tempting. On my good days, it's nice to believe that I can overcome anything, and on my bad days, that kind of toxic positivity convinces me that all my problems are my fault, the result of a bad mindset, which plays nicely into my shame issues. But here's the reality. Some limitations exist for a reason and cannot or should not be overcome. Sometimes you just have to admit that you're human and give yourself permission to do your best without pushing yourself over the edge. So back to me, I think this personal reflection is quite helpful because it gives us all a glimpse into this ongoing struggle that rages inside most of us when we consider Katie's question for ourselves. While we work through our own mental health journey and move toward wellness, we all have to take time to have an honest reflection on who we are, what we're hoping to find in terms of our mental health, and how we can realistically move toward those goals. Working with a therapist can be extremely helpful here because they can give us that outside perspective that we just can't possibly have on our own to help us understand what may be possible and what may be something we have to learn to live with. They can also help us understand what things about ourselves that we don't like aren't actually because of our mental health. Oftentimes in the recovery process we can label everything we don't like about ourselves as a product of our mental health and that can be quite damaging. Instead it can help us to have someone to walk alongside us and give us that much-needed reality check as we push through this process. Well, we'll be praying for you anonymous is up next is it a sin to not go to sunday mass if it makes my depression worse and more specifically if going to sunday mass makes my depression worse as it triggers past trauma is it a sin not to go well let's start by joining in prayer together for anonymous and for everyone finding it difficult to attend mass because of their mental health for freedom from grief and shame around this experience and for healing and a comfortable return to the sacraments hail mary full of grace the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thank you for this question, Anonymous. I know for a fact this is something many of us deal with throughout our lives, so It's so great to be talking about it. Let's start with paragraph 2181 in the Catechism. The Sunday Eucharist is the foundation and confirmation of all Christian practice. For this reason, the faithful are obliged to participate in the Eucharist on days of obligation unless excused for a serious reason, for example, illness, the care of infants, or dispensed by their own pastor. Those who deliberately fail in this obligation commit a grave sin. We'll add to this Canon 1248 of Canon Law. If participation in the Eucharistic celebration becomes impossible because of the absence of a sacred minister or another grave cause, it is strongly recommended that the faithful take part in the Liturgy of the Word if such a liturgy is celebrated in a parish church or other sacred place according to the precepts of the diocesan bishop or that they devote themselves to prayer for a suitable time alone as a family or, as the occasion permits, in groups of families. Back to me. We've talked about this a few times on the podcast, this specific issue, about this question of if symptoms related to mental illness count toward the illness reason for missing Mass on Sundays, and the answer is an emphatic yes. This is especially true when it comes to triggers related to past trauma, in my opinion. If going to Mass will trigger our symptoms related to PTSD and make us feel more sick than we already do, my understanding would be that this is a valid reason to refrain from attending Mass until a time where our mental health is such that we can attend without this concern. One thing we've talked on this podcast about to help us move toward this point is taking small steps toward that goal of returning, slowly trying to work through the anxiety caused by attending. this can include steps like watching on tv from home then driving over to church at a time when there isn't mass then driving over at a time when there is mass then sitting outside during mass etc moving slowly toward the goal of returning all while keeping track of your experience and resulting symptoms from each step, repeating each step as necessary before moving forward. I will, of course, point out, as I usually do, that I'm not a theologian or a canon lawyer, but I'm someone who 100% advocates for those suffering from symptoms related to mental health that are triggered into worse symptoms by attending Mass for a variety of reasons, right? So, like, God understands better than we do our reasons for not being able to attend Mass, and He's patient and kind and ready to wait for us until we're ready to come back to Him. So, be at peace. Consider joining into the celebration by one of the ways mentioned from that bit of canon law, and know that you'll be welcomed back to Mass whenever you're able to return. Shelby wraps us up. Can you talk about the importance of body acceptance and respect for mental health and eating disorder awareness? Let's start by praying for every single one of us walking through the experience of body image issues for healing, peace, and a community of support. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother, to thee do I come. Before Thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in Thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. Thank you for sending this question in, Shelby. It's such an important one, especially considering the culture of times that we have of like fasting within Catholicism and how this can cause a lot of stress and guilt for those of us walking through this experience. So first, a bit about the importance of body acceptance. We'll go with very well mind. Body positivity refers to the assertion that all people deserve to have positive body images, regardless of how society and popular culture view ideal shape, size, and appearance. Some of the goals of the body positivity movement include challenging how society views the body, promoting the acceptance of all bodies, helping people build confidence and acceptance of their own bodies, and addressing unrealistic body standards. Body positivity also aims to help people understand how popular media messages contribute to the relationship that people have with their bodies, including how they feel about food, exercise, clothing, health, identity, and self-care. By better understanding the effect that such influences have, the hope is that people can develop Healthier and more realistic relationships with their bodies. So, back to me. Therapy can be a great help for this because it can really guide us to work on taking a look at our own thoughts and self-talk around our body, in addition to taking a look at the messages that we've received throughout our lives and how they've impacted us. And then we can take steps toward wellness once we realize what these thoughts and messages have been doing to us and been doing to our mental health. For Catholics specifically in this context, respect for mental health and awareness around eating disorders and the impact That it has is absolutely vital. The Catholic faith has a long tradition of fasting, especially during certain times of year, and places a value on aesthetic lifestyle where one denies themselves certain things as a way of growing closer to Christ. This can be extremely difficult for those of us who experience eating disorders or body image issues because they can trigger our negative thinking and symptoms related to these issues and because they can lead us to having an unhealthy understanding of the purpose of these practices, forgetting that they are not an end in themselves, but rather a means that some people can use to move forward on the path to holiness. As Catholics, we also seem to have our fair share of shame and guilt. So when we consider not engaging in these practices that might trigger us, we feel bad or unworthy or just not as good as everyone who is able to do these things. But as we've said so many times, God knows us better than we know ourselves. And God wants us, he wants to walk alongside us throughout the journey and come to us in a way that brings us peace comfort and never in a way that might damage our mental health or lead us to unhealthy behaviors. So let's pray for each other. Let's talk about these issues out in the open and let's help each other along the journey to heaven. All right, everyone, that's it for today's episode. Remember, you can email, DM, or tweet your questions and situations if you'd like me to address them in a future episode. I'd be happy to keep you anonymous or not, whatever you want. Be sure to check out patreon.com slash grexley to see all the great things they've got going on over there and support the cause. And until next time, go easy on yourselves. Take care of yourselves. And if you feel like you're in a place where you can't even bring yourself to pray, don't worry. I'll be praying for you. And so will St. Dimphna.